Have you ever seen people who appear to have it all together, especially in church, and wondered about the real story beneath the facade? Or how about this? What's your story? And what would happen if people knew the real you, the glorious, the wonderful, the messy, the shameful? Listen in as we tackle hard questions of faith and following Jesus. Welcome to She Seems So Normal, Stories Not Shared on Sundays with your host. That's me, Lee McKenzie. Episode 26. Back to the living room with the little me's. Fiends masquerade as friends. So you remember back in episode 21 when I shared with you about the little me's in the living room of my mind, and then we went on and talked about teen me? Well, some of these events have brought me back into the living room of my mind, and so here's where we go, talking about evil. After speaking to spiritual mentors, the Holy Spirit again uncovers the evil at the root of it all. The spirits of bitterness, anger, rage, slander, malice, and hate plaguing me all began with jealousy and covetousness. Never before had I realized this. I prayed immediately to the Lord to make amends. As I end my confession, repentance, and renouncement of my sin, I am suddenly brought back to the living room of my mind where little me, middle me, and teen me reside. We sit once again on the green couch. Little me is moaning in my arms, tears pouring down her face. I have my arms wrapped around her again, patting her back for comfort. In real life, I have my arms wrapped around myself and I'm patting my own back. No, 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 she wails, shaking her head. She is hitting my shoulders as I pull her closer to swaddle her. Little me, we have to let them go. They are not our friends. They are the enemy, I tell her calmly. She looks straight at me and her blue eyes are now almost an incandescent green against the redness of her skin and the rims of her eyes. Instinctively, I know this is a vital space right now. I cannot afford to become the child again. The tiny girl tilts her head, stops crying, and wipes her shoddy nose across my chest onto my sky blue sweater, making a dark, shiny mark, reminding me of the same swipe of blood across her thigh so long ago in the red room. Pushing the image from my mind, I cannot understand why she doesn't want these demons to leave. And then I catch a glimmer of understanding. She's afraid of being all alone. Why would she be alone? Middle me is there, sitting next to me as little me continues to gulp and sniff. She listens to the entire conversation as she always has. You don't have to be afraid, I say with confidence. I'm here. Your father has given us everything. We do not need jealousy and covetousness anymore. We have everything we need, more than enough love. I'm your mother and I promise nothing will ever happen to you like that again. You don't have to be jealous of anyone else anymore or want what others have. As I gaze at middle me, my mind flashes to a sleepover time in elementary school with my best friend. As we sat around the dinner table, I caught my second grade self wishing I could swap lives with her. I wish I lived with her family and had parents like her mom and dad. Her life seemed so perfect and happy. What I realize now is that just a few months later, her mother would be dead from cancer, that she would be left just as heartbroken and shattered as I was, just in a different way. Three lessons emerge. Lesson one, 
Everyone has a cross to carry. No one's life is as good as you think it is, no matter what their social standing appears to be or their social media shows. Everyone has a filter they use for the world to see them. Lesson two, the truth is we all suffer in some way. It's just what we do with that suffering that's different. Lesson three, there is a cost for blessing, especially when it's a God-given gift. We are blessed to be a blessing to others. From Genesis 12, one through three. Suddenly I realized my lifelong jealousy of other girls and women for one thing or another, and my covetousness of what they had, be it family, faith, opportunity, or finances. Instead of Sally or Jane, my friends became jealousy and covetousness and made their home close to my heart from long ago, crowding out many potential life-giving female relationships. They masqueraded as angels of light to comfort me, to keep my attention elsewhere, on despising and wanting other people's blessings. But they also kept me from friendships, real friendships with real people, not demons. This hit like lightning and opened a watershed of understanding. Bitterness, anger, rage, malice, and slander are good friends of jealousy and covetousness and joined up with teen me later in life as her coping methods became more advanced. I gasped and looked around the room to find teen me. She, as usual, was standing, leaning against the door jamb with her arms folded, looking squarely at me. Her mouth was tight, her eyebrow raised. Come here, child, I commanded. She obeyed reluctantly, but came sooner than I expected. Putting my arms around her, I hugged her hard and close as I began to whisper in her ear, loud enough for the other girls to hear. You, you are my warrior. You've been my defender. I'm so proud of you. You are so strong. These demons, they are not your friends. They are liars. They have deceived you. You think they have made you feel strong and important, but they have separated us from real humans who could actually help and strengthen us, who could be true friends. There's so much work to do, teen me. Stop living in the past. I need you here in the present for the assignment God has for us in the near future. We cannot waste time on lies. I need you. I need all of us together because this is the most important work of our lives. We have to let them go because they have hurt us more than most of the people around us. Say goodbye to them now and do not ever let them back into our life. My entire body shakes holding her, holding on to myself, still patting my own back for comfort as I verbally confess, rebuke, renounce, and bind these evil spirits together in the name, power, and authority of Jesus Christ. I shudder as I command them to go wherever my Lord and Savior sends them. And don't you dare come back ever again, I add quietly under my breath. While I was at it, I also confessed and cast away the spirits of misunderstanding, death, and infirmity from myself, my family, and my home, and asked the Lord to send ministering angels to surround us. Forgiveness, kindness, and compassion. Everything begins and ends there. Paul writes in Ephesians 3, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. As much as I have wished to have someone else's opportunity, life, or family, I realize that I am so grateful for who God created me to be. That someone is kind, compassionate, and tries her best to be helpful. 
She strongly advocates for what she believes is right and good and works hard to promote it. Sitting here now in the coolness of my air-conditioned writing space, it occurs to me that I don't want to have what anyone else has. My life is more than blessed. I will press on, leaving past behind, writing and encouraging boldly right now, knowing whose I am for all eternity. Philippians 3, 10-13 says this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so, somehow, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus.